everyone, and welcome to the ClusterCast, a filterless podcast on family travel. I am your co-host, Anna Lyons. And I'm Scott Lyons. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, we just got back from a crazy travel schedule. Yes. Well, you had a more like crazy travel schedule than I did. Yeah, true. I spent the last several months going to and from the Mediterranean region of the world, which is truly not something I ever thought I'd say. Yeah. Not I never that, thought I would hear you say that either. Yeah. But not that I hate the med, the med. at all. A, a term in which you have earned the right to use, the med. Yeah. So, hey, Anthony Bourdain said it, so I can say it. It's a real term. It is a real term, and you've earned it. I, I completely, <laughs> completely agree. Um, and you've spent a ton of time over there, so I will give you that. You can just go ahead and say the med as much as you want. I will save that for another podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that region is cool. It's just not an area that I thought I would uh, spend most of December and January. Yeah. And it could have been worse. Um, I mean, obviously, consider the fact that you were enjoying sun and delicious food while the rest of mm-hmm. us were sloshing around and eating taco time. Right. I'm definitely not complaining. And mm-hmm. I was working, Good. I'm though. I'm glad you're not complaining. I was there for work, mm-hmm. right? For the mm-hmm. record. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't all taco the, time and muddy shoes for you. <laughs> you know, true. you and the, the kids came. The record shows, yes. You, you guys joined me for part of the time in Israel. We sure did. And now I can say I've flown to the Middle East as a solo parent with two kids. It's a dream of yours, right? Which is probably something I... <laughs> yeah, it was in my 10-year plan, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So... Um, and that is probably a whole other podcast or blog post in and of itself. So it, maybe both. Probably both, actually. Yeah. yeah. Now that you mention it. All this is to say is that we are back from our adventures and mostly recovered from jet lag. And so it seemed fitting that we honor our recent expeditions in and around the Med with an episode about one of our favorite Mediterranean locations, because now we can say we have a favorite. <laughs> Greece. Greece. And I really wish that we could play the Greece theme song right now. But, or you can have Anna hum mm-hmm. it to you. <laughs> yep. But we don't want to get embroiled in any copyright tomfoolery. So you can just imagine no, those opening no bars. No tomfoolery here. <laughs> we don't want any of that. <laughs> just pretend the Grease theme song is going right now. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Got We're it. We're all pretending now. All okay, right. Good. So our first trip to Greece was actually less than a year ago. We went in May of last year and... It, I mean, this place has been on our list for a very long time. It has taken us a long time to actually like get to Greece, like in terms of on our list. Yeah, exactly. So. And because neither one of us had some cushy Italian study abroad gig with a weekend trip to Athens, it took us a while before we could finally work out the logistics to get there. That is very true. When we were planning our trip, I would talk to people to try to get some kind of handle in terms of what to expect. And I almost always heard back some kind of oh yeah i went there on my study abroad <laughs> huh i'm 99% sure the term study abroad was invented solely just to make people feel like superior beings oh yeah the name alone it's the worst like you can't say it without having to open <laughs> your mouth really wide like you just had a lifetime of elocution lessons from Henry Higgins. <laughs> okay. Study abroad. We're really we're really pulling from our Broadway musical repository here, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And we don't even like musicals that much. <laughs> yeah, so not too much. Go figure. This is how much we get annoyed. <laughs> so we were on our own with that initial trip to yeah, Greece. Yeah, I was like, thanks for nothing. So. <laughs> 
Nobody could really help us with that sort of friendly advice you rely on when visiting a foreign country. Yes. So this is why we're making this particular episode. If you haven't had the good fortune to study abroad or any youthful traipsing or lived in Europe or literally any sort of travel advantage and you're like us, a family living in the United States suburbs who wants to go to Greece. This episode is for you. Welcome. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Have a seat. And as we said earlier, the basic logistics of traveling to Greece were far more complicated than anything we were used to. I mean, there's no direct flights from Seattle to Athens. Shocker. Yeah, go fig. And every one of our big destinations prior to this had a direct flight. Yeah, and it wasn't a big deal, right? Except for the fact that the major airlines that we were familiar with did not fly in and out of Athens or if they did, it was a super squirrely schedule. Yep. So it was all the weird airlines like Aegean, Ryanair, or some other goofy ones that would probably go defunct <laughs> in three months. I yeah. mean, and on top of all this, we were planning to visit an island in the Cyclades, which meant either another creeper airline or a ferry. Mm-hmm. And we just saw the risk of we are going to be stranded somewhere with nothing to our name but a tube of chapstick and a set of underwear go way, 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 way up as we started to plan this trip. Like, right, exactly. It was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm super comfortable with this. Yep. And we were all well aware of the fact that this trip was different from the others because the countries we had visited prior, at least one of us had a decent handle on the local language before we took off. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, Canada, Mexico, England, France, Spain, and I mean, when we were in Morocco the entire time, we had a guide. So, right. you know, uh, we obviously didn't know any Greek and reading it was just forget about it. Yep. So Greek to us. Yep. Uh-huh. Waka waka. There it is. Uh, I mean, we didn't even know if we could read the signs for the bathroom or the exit. So prior to going, we were just like, we're not exactly sure how this is going to be. Right. And we were hesitant to venture out of the countries that spoke the languages we learned in high school. Uh-huh. I studied French in college. Uh, okay, you were 17, same difference in time, and mm. your French is no better than mine, so let's not get too braggy here. Okay, this is true, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> As I was saying, mm-hmm. we were hesitant to really break out of that comfort zone, especially with the kids. You know, since we aren't the kind of people who take cruises and stay at all-inclusive resorts, and instead we get Airbnbs and take mass transportation, we decided to wait until the kids were old enough to not be a massive liability before we took on a place where, you know, the letters are different. Yeah. Our line of thinking was that travel with kids is hard enough, right? We're, we're coming out. We're saying it. No filter. And we didn't need to be adding illiteracy to the whole bag. Yep. So, I mean, once the kids were old enough to roll their own suitcase and they didn't need to be like constantly attached to us in some way, we decided to brave the world of different letters. Yep. And at this point in time, the boys were nine and six years old, which uh, was prime time. Yeah. And and the timing really was perfect for us. And I know that every person or circumstance is different, but waiting to do a more complicated trip um, when the kids were older was a very good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this trip really was one of those long term dreams of ours. Right. So we didn't want it to be like yeah. botched or anything. And when we were dating, we talked about how Greece was a place we wanted to visit, like independent of us meeting. Like that was on yep. our list. Yep. So uh, never got around to it for a lot of reasons. But mm-hmm. mostly Greece is not one of those to just 
book a place and off you go sort of locations. It's a bit more involved for mm-hmm. sure. Yes. So the first issue that we came up against was, um, like we said earlier, just the logistics of getting there. So we decided to fly to London and stay there for a few days on both ends, kind of as bookends on the trip um, for a couple of reasons. One was that since we weren't sure what we were getting into in terms of the language and culture, we wanted to be fully adjusted to the jet lag so that we could be at our best mentally and emotionally and physically. So just all the reasons. Yeah, the other reason was that my parents were there in London and so we had a free place to stay. So no brainer. Yep, And we love London. You know, so it was a win all around. Also, our yeah, options, it was. Yeah, our options for flying to Athens opened up a bit more, you know, when we weren't trying to connect from Seattle. You know, yes. we had London as kind of a hub. Yes, yes, they opened way up. So we flew Virgin Atlantic from Seattle to London, and then we booked a separate set of round trip tickets to Athens. So from London to Athens and back, and then another set of round trip ferry tickets to Naxos. Yep. Inception trip, right? So <laughs> a, a trip within a trip within a trip. It, it really was Incepta trip. So and it <laughs> felt that way, too. Um, but I will say that we were definitely more in control of our own schedule that way. Instead of hoping that some obscure affiliate airline of One World Star Alliance would get us. <laughs> what, what? I think that's I think you're mixing two two groups there. Those, Fine. Whatever. Just well, go with it. Okay. All right. <laughs> whatever. One World Star Alliance would get us to where we needed to be after 72 hours of travel. Yeah. Yeah. And that is everything. If everything goes according to plan. Uh, of course. Yes. That That is best case scenario. 72 hours of travel. So mm-hmm. um, phase one of the trip was that we stayed in London for a few days, visited my parents, and then we just, you know, saw a few museums we hadn't seen yet. Yep. Like the Imperial War Museum. That was top notch. Yeah. That was that was a cool. But when we went to the Natural History Museum, it was a complete waste of time. Okay, that whale skeleton in the photos looked way, way cooler than it actually is. I would have rather spent my time looking at the whale photos. Yeah, that would but, have been a more constructive <laughs> use of our time. I completely but, agree. But yeah. at least it was free. So, mm-hmm. you know, at least I'll, out I'll, never, I'll never get those two hours of my time back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and your parents were watching the kids. So this was just the two of us visiting London. And it was prime time and we wasted it on a stupid whale skeleton. Yes, 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 yes. And us and the rest of mainland Europe were there too. But yep. Definitely not not a high point for us. But once we had spent a few days in London, it was time to venture on south to Greece. Yep. So our plan was to start our trip on the island of Naxos and spend a week there. And then after that, we planned to be in Athens for a few days and then back to London and then home. Right. And like we said earlier, planning this leg of the trip was just very much out of our comfort zone. I was trying to buy flights that were with airlines that sounded sketchy. And this was during the whole Boeing Max 8 kerfuffle. Um, So we were wanting to go with a reputable airline that we knew wasn't going to just drop out of the sky at the slightest provocation. But that's that's not how airplanes work, Mm -hmm. by the way. Okay, well, fine. Agree to disagree. (laughs) We ended up taking a red eye from Heathrow on British Airways, which is just how airplanes work. Yeah. Yeah. They'll do that. It was not pleasant. It was not a pleasant experience at at all. Our flight choices were either take a normal daytime flight from London to Athens and arrive after all the ferries to the Cyclades have left 
and just wasted a day in Athens. Or yeah. we could take the red eye and pick up our 6 a.m. ferry in Piraeus and get to our destination without wasting any time. Right. Except sleep. We would yep. just be exhausted. So our plane left London at 9 p.m. and got into Athens at 2 a.m. And my eyes feel scratchy just talking about that. Yep. It was awful. Yep. That's horrible. But we ended up sleeping in the airport for a few hours because British Airways is seriously the worst. Okay. The seats um, on that British Airways flight didn't even recline on that plane. I mean, I kept feeling for that like little button like to try to and it didn't even exist. Like I would like swipe my <laughs> hands like like up and down. Nothing. Nothing. Didn't even exist. Yeah. And this is a five hour flight and they didn't even give water out for free. You had to pay for water. Pay for water. I, I know for a fact because I asked. And the flight attendant gave me this look and said something to the effect of nothing is free. What an elegant response. Lovely, lovely folks over at BA. So we arrived at Athens at 2 a.m. Pretty tired and obviously dehydrated. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, there was no line in immigration. The perks of flying at 2 a.m. Yeah, exactly. And the officers were really kind to the boys and nice to us. So that was good. So since it's so early, I had a driver come and pick us up to take us to the seaport you know just for mm-hmm. just for clarification and this might not have been covered on your study abroad trip mm-hmm. <laughs> yes but the main sort of transportation hubs you need to get to aren't actually located in Athens proper the airport is in Sparta which is not Sparta which would be way too cool for its own good if the port <laughs> was in Piraeus yeah but what while the locals pretty much know where these different regions are don't start typing boats out of Athens and get freaked out when you see this completely weird sounding port town show up on the results. Yeah, it's a lot like London. London itself is kind of small and surrounded by all these little cities like Westminster and Greenwich. But mm-hmm. people, you know, they kind of know what you're talking about. You sort of refer to it. Or like Phoenix, you know, like in Phoenix, you have Glendale and you have Chandler and you have Scottsdale. But for the most part, you can just say Phoenix and people sort of know the general area. So it's very similar to that. So don't get confused when you see location stamps for Spada, not Sparta, even though that'd be super cool, and Piraeus. <laughs> um, they're all in the general vicinity of Athens proper. So right. just be and, okay with that. And obviously, rather than take mass transit at 3 a.m. to a seaport, we decided to be sensible and hire a driver to take us from the airport to the ferry terminal. And so, I mean, you have to realize that we are planning this trip you know, at 11 p.m. here in Seattle. And so, you know, we're just kind of Googling like, OK, what would normally this drive time look like? So under normal traffic conditions and what most of the travel message boards were saying was that this takes an hour and a half. However, at 4 a.m. We were done in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were. Thankfully, though, our driver took the long way, the scenic route, so to speak. So we wouldn't be spending an unnecessary amount of time just standing around at the seaport in the wee hours of the morning. Yes. And I was a little nervous about what to expect at this port. I mean, I grew up hearing stories of what foreign, heck, even domestic seaports were like to know that this might not be a super fun place to hang out. And thankfully... It was very tourist centric and there were actually plenty of other people waiting to board the ferry as well. So we weren't just sitting around in some stinky area with stray cats and creepers. Yes, it was very nice, (laughs) very clean. We felt very safe. It was not an issue. Charlie took a nap. He did. He slept on top of the luggage because, again, British Airways is the absolute worst. So we chose to take a high speed ferry to our island, mostly because this was just kind of a get there as soon as we can type of situation. I mean, we've been traveling all night. We're exhausted. 
Uh, there are plenty of other ferries that cost less, but they can take upwards of seven hours to get you from the mainland to the Cyclades. And this particular ferry got us there in half the time. Yeah. And normally we aren't splurge for double the price type people, you know. No, we But at this not. point, we were a full night's sleep invested into this venture and we <laughs> wanted to just get to our destination already. Yeah, exactly. The biggest difference with this ferry compared to the ones in the U.S., just... Like if you're listening and you're trying to you're thinking, hey, I want to go to Greece or, and I want to visit the Cyclades. Like what are these ferries really like compared to what I know that ferries can be like? Let me say this. The ones in Greece, they just scoot in and out of the ports at record speed. So you yeah. know, here in Seattle, we have lots very of schedule. Yeah, we we have lots of ferries. And for walk-ons, you know, they have the first call and then we have the last call warning and then like another warning and then there's the last call. But in Greece, yeah, I mean, you better be standing at the gate when the ferry arrives because there is no announcement that the boat is coming or going. Mm -hmm. So be ready. Just like be prepared. Yeah. And even at the ports of call, I mean, it's pay attention and blast off the boat as soon as the doors open because mm -hmm. there aren't staff walking around making sure everyone gets to where they need to be. Yeah, no, no one is like, hey, where do you need to go, buddy? Like, OK, come with me. Let me check right. your ticket. Uh -uh. They just yell no. the, 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 the island that you're at and you better get off or you're stuck. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely, uh, you know, kind of the Wild West type hustle. And you have to look out for yourself. It kind of is like every person for themselves. And mm -hmm. I mean, and it was very nice. It was very clean. It was very modern. But yeah, no, I mean, you've got to be paying attention. And obviously we were not at our best having, you no know, sleep. I mean, we had been up for all yeah. night long. So that wasn't great. But um, but getting there was our biggest hurdle. So getting to the destination. Yep, that was it. Getting to Greece, hardest part. And then the rest was just magic. Mm hmm. Magic. It I was mean, really great. We understand why Odysseus was putzing around those islands for so long. Mm -hmm. It was really a special place. Yeah, we get it. We were like, we kind of understand. Like, we still think you probably shouldn't have been away from home for that long, but we get it. Like, we get <laughs> it. Like, we probably would have done the same thing if we had the chance. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we were initially planning this trip, uh, we really felt like we were in over our heads in terms of what to do. We knew kind of the basic outline of what we wanted to see, the old mythological temples and eat Greek food. And eat more Greek food. And eat more Greek food. Mm -hmm. Keep and eating Greek food. Keep eating Greek food and hang out on the beach and eat Greek food. Yeah. We just didn't know how to go about it. So, yeah. And initially we, and by we I mean Anna, researched a few, a few places and initially you had thought Santorini would be a good option. I did. I'm kind of embarrassed to say that now. The photos look absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. So did Mykonos. But the more I dug and researched, the more I felt like it was just a haven for pretentious Instagram influencers and obviously not a place that we would like. So I went back to the drawing board and started to check out some places on the lesser known islands and came across Noxos and absolutely fell in love with the place. Yeah, and, it, and by the way, if you are a pretentious Instagram influencer, Noxos is garbage. Never visit. <laughs> never go there ever. It's awful. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> yeah. No, he's laughing because he agrees. I agree. He agrees. It's yeah. awful. Mm -hmm. But luckily Noxos checked off all of our boxes in terms of quiet and quiet because we have more than one checkbox for quiet we've got a lot of and checkbox. there were some cool old temple ruins to see the typical whitewashed village built into the hillside but it also overlooked the ocean the beaches looked great and we figured the good food was a given as well 
And we were not disappointed. Not at all. all. And we really could not have timed our arrival better. We had got there just before peak season hit. So the island was starting to wake up after the winter and early spring. But there were hardly any tourists. So we had the run of the place. It was Mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah, It is not an an exaggeration that it exceeded our expectations. Far exceeded our expectations. I mean, we weren't totally sure what they were going to be, but... It just blew everything out of the water. And I had this, is this even real moment when Charlie and Oliver were walking ahead of us in the main town? And it's just, you know, like you see on the postcards, like this labyrinth of whitewashed buildings and old paver stones and blue doors. I mean, it was just perfect, perfect, perfect. And there was not a soul to be seen except us. And it was just like, wow, yeah, this is amazing. And this was just kind of what we did. Mm -hmm. So we stayed in the old town. Our Airbnb was amazing, and we had this view of the ocean and the Temple of Apollo. Yes, and we walked around, got groceries, checked out beaches, visited ruined temples. Honestly, just doing your day-to-day life in a place like that beats just about any fancy hotel, in my opinion. It was great. Yeah, and we came back tan and 10 pounds lighter. I can't say uh, that would have happened if we were on that cruise. (laughs) No, it would have been. We would have been 20 pounds heavier and burnt. Yep. That's what would have happened if we were on a cruise. Um, and just kind of going back to the initial planning period. And if you're if you're thinking about planning a trip to Greece, when I was, you know, figuring everything out, I was getting just super frustrated and anxious, just trying to figure out what to do. And I was conferring with my dad, who like while he did not go there on study abroad, he was there for quite some time in his 20s. And he just said, like, well, what do you want to do? Meaning Greece pretty much has something for everyone. You just need to figure out what that is and go from there. And I told him, I want to see old temples, lay on the beach, maybe sail around on the blue water and eat. Yep. That's what I want to do. Did I mention I wanted to eat? We wanted to eat. (laughs) And we still came back 10 pounds later because Greece really is magical. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. And Noxos definitely checked off all those boxes and more. Yes. So it was wonderful. Um, if you're a nice family, highly recommend it. If you're an influencer, no, do not recommend it. So there you go. After a very idyllic week on Noxos, we sailed back to Athens for a few days. Yep. And neither one of us had any particular interest in Athens beyond the sites at the Acropolis and the Agora, etc. Yes. So we had scheduled enough time to be there uh, to just pretty much see those things and maybe a little extra should we happen to fall in love with the place. Yeah, but we did not fall in love with the place. Quite the opposite. Yeah. We fell out of love. <laughs> what little love remained. So since we didn't yeah. know much about Athens, we were just kind of, uh, you know, we kind of closed our eyes and picked a random place to say on it's, Airbnb. It's okay. It's okay. You can say it was me. Okay, it was you. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, I'm like, we were staying where? But I, but it was. Shut up. It, it very That's well could have been me. <laughs> it didn't go like that. That's funny. But I mean, it could have been me because. You know, we didn't know where we were staying and whether or not it was a nice place. It's like it's not like I had some inside information about what the place was. You do now. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he went he went a second time without me just so everyone knows. (laughs) Yeah, he went again. And now he's like, oh, yeah, we did it. We did it totally wrong. Whatever, dude. There's there are some nice places in Athens. We'll just leave it there. Okay. well, I personally kind of feel like Athens is sort of like Los Angeles. It's like the Los Angeles of Europe. So if you can kind of adjust your expectations accordingly, you can manage it and have fun and appreciate it for what it is. Right. But I think because we were coming into it from Noxos, mm-hmm. it was just different. That's all. So we were a little bit shocked. So anyway. Our Airbnb was not in a great place, but. But the reviews were good. Yeah. 
They the were reviews good. were good, just not the location. Yeah. So we stayed in this really well-appointed Airbnb in a not-so-well-appointed area. That's a nice way of putting it. Sure. Yes. It wasn't dangerous per se. Yeah. I remember our driver saying, this is an alternative part of town, which we would later learn that alternative means an anarchist poet lives here. I remember that conversation. I do too. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this could mean a lot of things. And anarchist poets typically don't have houses. Or bathrooms. So, yeah, they're they're out there. Mm-hmm. So someone was praising the area of where we were staying called Exarchia. Exarchia. Which sounds more exotic than it is. Way, mm-hmm. And they were saying it hasn't been gentrified. Uh, but mm-hmm. as soon as we stepped outside our door and into the street, Oliver proclaimed that it looked like a scene from Wreck-It Ralph on a little game there called Slaughter Race. The, the second Wreck-It Ralph. The, the, yeah, breaks the internet. Yeah. There was graffiti and trash everywhere and it smelled like pee and pot. And there was poop on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I've said it before. I'll say it again. What they don't tell you about the anarchist poets is that they poop on the sidewalk which is basically the strongest argument for gentrification, if you ask me. <laughs> so once we got up... Unpopular our- <laughs> opinion, but there, I said it. But to be clear, once you got out of the slaughter race, <laughs> things got better. It did, it did. Uh, we didn't on the first day. The first day was awful. We we were hustled, you know, left and everywhere you turned, people wanted to, you know, sell you something, and it was super hot and miserable. Yes, so we gave up our savvy traveler card, and we ate in the Hard Rock Cafe. So as to not be hustled. Say it a little more clearly. I, I said it. Nope, Rock, say it clearly. Hard Rock Cafe. Slowly. Hard Rock Cafe. Are you saying Hard Rock Cafe? <laughs> hey. No. Hey, no. Don't, don't knock the Hard Rock. I got a sweet shirt there. Come on. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> we have a running joke with Hard Rock Cafes. When Scott was a teenager, he went to Europe as a foreign exchange student. Mm-hmm. Not study abroad. No. Not studying abroad. As, but every single souvenir he came back with was either a shot glass or a t-shirt from a hard rock cafe in the like various mm-hmm. locations he visited. So, Because all I could afford were the shot glasses. I was 14 and I could not drink, but I bought shot glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so you got t-shirts. Got t-shirts. Yep. When I had more money, I could do t-shirts. If I didn't mm-hmm. have money, I got shot glasses. Mm-hmm. But those were Sensible. really cool. Those are really cool back then. And and shot glasses, that kind of thing was, you know, kind of help add to the collection from my parents' collection of beer steins and shot glasses from where they went. But, I mean, I had one from Copenhagen, Berlin, Paris. And now Athens. And now Athens. Because you definitely bought one that day as a joke. Yep, so absolutely. You, your, your mementos from a once-in-a-lifetime experience and various hard rock cafes. Mm-hmm. And recently... Bought another one from Barcelona. Yeah. That one wasn't as good, though. No. The fabric. They, they ran out of the traditional ones, so this was the only one they had. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't, I couldn't be picky. I was only there for a short time. It's fine. A short time, but he was there in January. <laughs> but, you know, he'll go ahead and hedge. It was only a short time. Hey, I was in training. I was working again. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sure. I'm Work sure. hard, play hard. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure actually what we got wrong about that first day in Athens. I still don't To know. get back to Athens. Yeah, back to, back to the subject back to at hand. I'm Athens. Not even sure We're not going to talk about the January you spent in Spain. We're going to talk about Athens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the fun time you had, the bad time we had. Yep. 
So I, I honestly don't know what went wrong either. Um, I've tried to kind of reverse engineer it and still can't figure it out. The best thing I can say is we were caught off guard because we had had such a great time on Noxos. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly we were battling crowds, street hustlers, traffic that didn't obey the rules. Um, I think it was a lot of things. I think it was many things, a lot of little things that just kind of added up. Yeah, I remember one of the guys there trying to pedal like bracelets kept saying Hakuna Matata, no worries. Oh, okay. And I remember it distinctly because... I remember the song from The Lion King, and I'm like, why am I remembering this in Athens right now? It was yeah. the strangest thing ever. <laughs> they were doing whatever they could to get attention. And they were trying to get donations because they are like, yeah, we need money, and we're trying to do a show, and it was all just a scam. It was a huge scam. Mm-hmm. So we taught the kids pretty early, like if they get approached by someone, say no. And mm-hmm. the best part was that the kids saw these, like the same kind of group of hustlers a little further ahead, and they tried to come after them, and the boys had their hands up, and they were like, no, no. <laughs> it was great wish we had a photo it was it was super it was funny i was quite a proud parent at that point in time because it was like good all right we've trained them well and they respected our boundaries so that was nice because yeah. and they they definitely these hustlers were coming after the kids like oh yeah i think they kind of were like trying to charm yeah if we can mm-hmm. like get the kids in then the parents will be willing to pay so um kind of teaching the kids to just go ahead and be like no that yep. was that was good so. luckily though we regrouped back at our Airbnb mm-hmm. and got ready for the next day. And we, we hit Google pretty hard on uh, how to avoid crowds in Athens. Yes, <laughs> we did. The main thing we learned, and, and we can verify just from personal experience, is that the cruise ships that, you know, kind of they do, that you, you'll see the Mediterranean cruise advertised, is that they, you know, stop in Piraeus. And then they kind of tend to release the Kraken of their passengers into Mm -hmm. the city from kind of mid morning until dinner time when obviously all the passengers go back. So we learned to visit the Agora and the Acropolis either early in the morning before the Kraken or Mm -hmm. in the evening when it goes to bed. Mm -hmm. And that was good because that, mm -hmm. that helped a lot, you know? Right. Well, that helps us structure our day and help us to understand there is relief. Like you don't have to just put up with this. Yeah. Yeah. We took a very long route and saw the lesser populated and uh you know areas and visited the olympic stadium and the temple of zeus the olympian you know during those peak times right and so then kind of we had like a late lunch and then we sort of made our way up the hill and then we saw the more popular sites that evening and it was very cool oh, it yeah. was surreal to see the temple of athena so up close and personal when you had seen it over and over again in history books yeah and i'm very so. glad we waited you know, that kind of moment would absolutely have been ruined by tons and tons of people. Yeah, we wouldn't, there wouldn't have even been a moment. Yeah. No, not at all. And then we're walking around and Scott goes, <laughs> oh, I think Yanni performed here. I remember the Acropolis. We're at the Acropolis. He performed here. Anna, I, I, that- had, I had that VHS of Yanni live. And and we got to go find it. I know that theater. We got to go find it because we had seen it from up top on the Acropolis. And, and to clarify, VHS and CD. It's CD, but not CD. a tape? We had both. Oh, wow. So you don't have to use your VCR. You can just listen to the music. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have it on like a cassette tape. We also had it on a cassette tape. We had both. That's what I'm saying. We had both. <laughs> <laughs> We had tape decks in our cars, but we had CD player in our house. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. it was super cool. Bottom line, it was cool. It was the theater where he performed, you know, Yanni live uh-huh. at the Acropolis, right? Mm-hmm. And Yanni is awesome. 
Go mm-hmm. check them out. You will not shame me about Yanni in the Hard Rock Cafes. I'm just smiling. <laughs> I'm just smiling, guys. I'm not shaming. I'm smiling. Sm- smile shaming. Shame, or shame smiling. Whatever. Shame smiling. Yeah. I will give you this. It was a very cool theater and it was free. Yeah. Was it called Herod's Theater? I think so. Or something. It was hard to pinpoint it, but it looked like the place. Anyway, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. So, and it was free. So yep. I'm not going to complain. Right. And that, that and probably And I got is... to you smile shame <laughs> about Yanni and the cassette and CD of the same album. So. Just cover the bases. The fact that it's free is probably one of the biggest differences uh, in Greece versus London is that you have to pay to see anything noteworthy. Temples, yeah. historical sites, and pretty much will demand some amount of euros. Yes. And not for kids, though. Kids are typically free. But you do have to say it. Like, they're not Mm going to volunteer. And how many kids, even though your kids are right there, you do have to, like, verbalize, hey, I've got kids with me. And um, I will also say that, like, earlier when we said we were really worried about being illiterate and the language being, you know, an issue, there were plenty of signs that were written in the Latin alphabet or even in English. So it was it was easy to get around. Yeah. And, and most most people speak English as well. You know, it is a very tourist friendly country, very hospitable yeah, very and welcoming hospitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, of foreigners, which is a nice change of pace from, say, France, where they like to keep your spirit a little bit uh, beat down, downtrodden. Like, you yeah. don't really belong here. We need to mm-hmm. remind you of that on the regular. You seem too happy. Come here. Yeah. Let me talk to you. Come here. Let me put you down <laughs> and I put you in your place a little bit. So it was very nice to feel welcomed and um connected with people and we made like you know several connections on on that trip with like shopkeepers restaurant owners our airbnb hosts i mean you feel less alone and happier when you're able to make some unofficial friends which we definitely did yep yep greece aside from initially getting there uh was a very easy country to get around in we felt very safe and very comfortable the entire time you know with the exception of that first day in athens Yes. And we did. We also walked while we were in Athens. We never took the mass transit. It really didn't save that much more time. And it was kind of, you know, as long as you sort of avoided Exarchia, it was, you know, it was a cool place to check out. We kind of went down by some of the government buildings and saw, you know, the Olympic Stadium and the Temple of Zeus and all of that. That was Mm -hmm. that was what we did. So we walked the whole thing. So but um we felt completely safe. It was fine. You know, obviously that first day we weren't super comfortable, but once we got the hang of things, it was good. And obviously the exception of coming and going from our Airbnb. Exactly. So So, anything else to add about our time there? Mm, You can't flush the toilet paper there. Oh yeah. That's a big one. Like not at all. Not negotiable. (laughs) Even in the airport. Um, that was not super fun with kids, especially who were in the habit of flushing. Yep. So, so mm-hmm. just get a couple of travel bidets to have around and save yourself the trouble. Yes. Yes. I guess there's something the pipes can't handle it. The old TP, but I mean, it's fine, but it's definitely something you have to think about that you wouldn't normally think about. Yep. So, so. they, they put a little trash can next to the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to not mention the trash can, but yeah. There's oh, just, a, you'll see trash oh, cans. Now you know what they're for. So that's all we need to say. Gross. <laughs> so, like the one at the airport was just like one of those big like oil drums. Hey, we don't need to describe any more trash cans. It was gross. <laughs> anyway. And on that note, that's going to do it for us, folks. <laughs> Aren't you so glad you listened? <laughs> 
So thank you so much for listening uh, to our podcast. It really means so much to us that you take the time to hear what we have to say. Please click download, like, and subscribe. And do all the things that tells the internet that you like our stuff. And we really mean it when we say that we do not rely on SEO or paid advertising to get the word out about us. We rely heavily on our network of amazing listeners to spread the word. So please tell a friend, give us a like or a nice review. We would greatly appreciate it. It boosts our visibility and helps us find more amazing listeners such as yourself. Exactly. And hey, if you're planning a trip to Greece, check out our kit.com store for our preferred travel bidets. Yes. Because that helps. And that is a thing we are well versed in. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, while you're at it. Yeah, don't you don't call just, us filterless for no reason. Take a travel bidet, regardless if you get it through kit.com or some other means, it is really worth it. Just by take the it. Way. Just, just, do just do it. Do just it. swallow your pride and do it. So while you're also there, check out our website. Uh, at www.clusterfusstravel.com where you can find in-depth blog posts about our time in Greece and resources we use when planning this trip, including the best beers and restaurants, by the way. Yes. Also, while you're over there, you can check out our cool merch store, blog, podcast, and contact us if you have something nice to say. We would love to hear from you. Give us a follow on the social medias of Instagram and Facebook to stay in the loop about our various publications, adventures, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. And even though an anarchist poet wants to poop in a toilet and flush the toilet paper, whenever you're here to say it, this is the Clustercast, a filterless podcast on family travel. So long, everyone. Bye. Bye.